Hello, 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 and welcome or welcome back to the Reality Hall Podcast with me, your favorite host for reality TV, Anne-Claire Oublier. So guys, it's been like what? The last podcast I recorded was on May the 25th, and it's now November the 4th. I've taken a <laughs> June, July, August, September, I've taken a five-month break why well i don't know i don't know you know i stopped recording after the first reunion of vpr i think and then the housewife was just not that interesting i was looking for a job and i didn't really feel like recording but i am back back and better than ever so yeah while i was gone a lot of things happened and I couldn't even tell you everything that happened in the past five months. But one thing I will say is that I was still active on my Twitter account. So I didn't miss anything. I didn't stop watching The Housewife. The only thing I didn't watch fully was Real House of Atlanta because that she was boring. But other than that, I watched everything that was being played. I followed every storyline. Um, yeah, I was just not down to record. But now that my favorite show are back on hair, like Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, Miami has came out this week. I still haven't watched it, but I'm going to watch it sometimes this um, this weekend. Uh, this Sunday, we have Mercury Medicine coming back. We'll also have New York is over. Thank God that she was boring. I'll start talking about it. I am back. I am ready to see it. Potomac is starting next, next week, I think. And it's BravoCon now. So I was like, Anker, it's now or never you have to start the podcast again. Otherwise, you will never start it again. So I would like to say, I've always wanted, I want to talk about the Vanity Fair article that uh, Anna Peel broke about the reckoning that is, uh, the reality reckoning movement that is uh, shaking the BravoVerse. Although I'm not sure if it's actually shaking the Bravoverse or if it's more so Penny Frankel reaching out to her over contacts in the media outlets and trying to stir up some movement. But from what I've seen on my Twitter account, people don't care. She's trying to attack Andy Cohen because the Watcher Crabbing guys made a little meme about the reality reckoning thingy and she's like, oh my god, Andy Cohen is mocking racism. Because what I wanted to talk about is ramona and the fact that she apparently said the n-word in a meeting with producers and all other members of the cast a meeting to talk about inclusion and how not to talk to black people and you know i've always been like no ramona is just dumb she's just trying to make good tv she just likes to be provocative but Bonnie K. Williams said that um, during that conversation about how to be more inclusive and how to be respectful towards black culture, she was making the most inappropriate remarks. She was talking about how oh, why can't we say that black people, that black fathers are absent and if that's the truth, why would not I say the truth and all that. 
And frankly, I am so disappointed in Ramona, and I'm very happy that as soon as this article came out, Bravo did not wait for the outrage to take over. They decided that she was going to be cancelled off and uninvited from BravoCon. But then, um, we, um, 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 so they took action right away, and that is great. But now I'm wondering, are they actually going to run Rugot with... Uh, the housewife legacy, the New York housewife legacy, and am I gonna watch it? Because it really pains me. I really like Ramona, you know. I was always a big defender of her. I'm listening to Churchill time. I don't really like every, but I like Ramona to a certain degree. You know, she's like your racist. She's like the yeah, the your best friend's racist grandmother. You know, you're like okay, she's racist, but she's old and she's a dumbass. It's okay, she's gonna die soon. So. She's entertaining in the meantime. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not say that. But that's basically how I saw her. But now I'm like, oh, you really don't learn, you know? Because you can be offensive. But when you don't learn and you are offensive just on purpose over and over again, it's, it's, it's a little disappointing. So I am facing, I'm faced with a dilemma. Do I really want to watch Rugged Legacy or don't I want to watch it? I don't know. But also what bothers me is that Bethany Frankel is the one leading the reality reckoning movement. But like many people pointed out, she's like complaining that uh, uh, Bravo is being racist and Bravo is pushing alcohol, but she was pushing an alcohol brand. And I just discovered the most weird clip of Bethany on Watch What Happened Live doing the black scent and calling the Atlanta house of ghetto. How did I miss that? I don't know. I don't watch Watch What Happened Live. And I never liked Bethany, so I never watch any of her appearance. I find her very cringy. I don't like her. I find her very aggressive. But when I saw her, I was like, oh my god, woman, do you know that everything that's on the internet stays on the internet? And like she's saying Andy's smoking racism, but she did the black scent. She no, but guys, I need to find it. I, I'm going to post it back on the Instagram story that goes with that episode. You're going to see. It's it's crazy and it's also cringy and it's very racist. Anyway, that's all I had to say about the Vanity Fair article. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. I don't really want Bravo to be going down. I don't want the Real Housewife franchise to stop. But from the looks of it, from the looks of the season, like, you know, it's kind of boring. We had OC, we also have Orange County. It was pretty good, but it was all forced drama. You know, we just had Tamara trying to turn around people and then the other housewives, Gina and Emily, just following her lead because they were like, and they can't think by themselves and just had Roni, which I really want to talk about that reunion. Well, I really want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it now. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about Roni. I really wanted to like show i was not against the influencer of it all i was actually very happy to have some new people some younger women because you know after real girlfriends in paris which i loved <laughs> uh, i was really excited you know but it was nothing but boring it was self-produced it was um the women were too self-conscious they took a year and a half to cast and to start filming the show but um because they said that those women were going to be friends, 
in the end they were not friends so yeah i thought that uh erin i kind of liked erin she's a villain she's a liar i'm gonna need her to stop uh, lying because it's better when villains actually own what they say so i really hope that she grows out of it and she actually stop lying because she could be a great housewife but right now she was terrible and she was also a pet parrot she actually was a pet parrot of side but erin you're okay you get a 7 out of 10 you can stay if you stop lying Sai, you need to go she was way too aggressive she was trying to compete with other women for their trauma um she's also a liar and i don't know she was aggressive and she thinks that she's over other people and she's like i work i work i work but she actually she actually turned me again turned me off with her being an influencer and pretending that it is the hardest job alive you know i was like okay shut the fuck up go back home she's not a good housewife she was not that interesting her cheek about her being hungry who cares like woman eat at your house come on um who was there again oh jessel i love jessel she was very funny she was very real um the way she treated her husband was very funny the way she was with her two twins and she was like oh i, I loved it i really loved it then uba i don't really need uba to come back i don't think that she is uh, i think they only casted her because she was a uh, chanel ian's uh, cousin but um she doesn't bring what chanel Ian brings so we don't really need her jenna lions i'm not even gonna talk about her boring as fuck she wore jeans to the reunion she wore jeans to the reunion guy and i may not be a fashion person you know i was not like the fashion director at uh, gc Penny's, no or g cruise i don't even know but <laughs> but i know that you don't wear jeans to the reunion okay and if you wear jeans she could have done a jean dress a jean this no she wore jeans a white shirt and a black blazer come on like it's the most basic outfit ever then alliance you can go she's a basic woman and she's not made for reality tv and then i want to talk about my biggest disappointment and she disappointed me in the last reunion episode it's Brin. Brin who is a mixed race black woman with a white mom and a black father who left her life when she was still an infant she sees and she grew up in a predominantly white area and so if we put things in context she is a white woman she's extremely white passing she's kind of it's like megan markle you know they're black women but they're white because when you look at them you don't see black they do not know what we as black women dark skinned black women fully black women a hundred percent black we they do not know how we are being treated by society they don't understand the black experience because to live the black experience you need to look black you can't be white passing okay okay and the fact that she had the audacity to tell uba oh i'm half black i'm gonna put you in the grave 
But when she was fighting with Erin, she pulled out the white woman's tears. But when she was fighting with a black woman, she pulled out the aggressive card. I would like to say, Erin, you're cancelled in my book until next year. Or maybe you're cancelled forever. I, I thought I was very disgusting. I hate when 1% black people try to use stereotypes to assert their blackness you know she used the aggressive black woman stereotype against another african dark-skinned black woman in order to defend herself but when she was with a white woman she used her tears her white passiveness and you know her crying with erin did not make me unhappy I don't care. I don't need her to be aggressive with Erin. But her not even listening to what Huba had to say and her going all the way like, I'm half black, I'll put you in a grave. Excuse me, redhead. Excuse me, white passing woman. You can't do that. You can't say that. And yet, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't like Brynn. First of all, she brings nothing, but... <laughs> I'm gonna give you a blowjob. <laughs> That's all she brings to the show. And now, uh, if she wants to bring stereotypic stereotypes against black people, I don't need her. She's not that interesting. We can cancel her. So yeah. So let's move on to Salt Lake City, which is by far the best show, the best reality show on Bravo right now. The best Real Housewife on Bravo right now um it's episode eight i should have started that podcast eight weeks ago but i didn't but um jensha is gone as we all know and we have a new housewife monica she's amazing i really love Mary's back and mary people think that mary is rude i'll talk about mary later but mary is amazing so let's start with at the top of the episode so the episode open with um whitney and uh, justin in the kitchen discussing um discussing life you know whitney's daughter is going to turn 13 next week and she's having a party and uh justin is like i won't be there because i have to work and whitney is like oh so i guess i could move the party if you have to work but you'll have to help me because i'm so overwhelmed and mind you, Justin just went back to work. And like two episodes ago, she was like, oh, Justin, I don't want to go back to the stereotypical world, world role where I am, you are the breadwinner and I am the housemaker because now I work. I have businesses. Okay, Whitney, calm down. You don't have businesses. You are an influencer too. You know, she sells her white rose beauty thingy. But frankly, how much business does she get in that? Not much. She invested last season at the reunion. We learned that she used all of her kids' life savings, all of Justin's life savings, to invest into that business. So, and now she has the audacity to tell Justin, your work is not more important than mine, and you're going to have to help me with those kids. Uh, sorry, Whitney. You took the man's life saving. <laughs> and now he's going back to work to try to replenish those life savings you took away. <laughs> Don't ask him to do a 
I'm not saying okay, that sounds terrible, but whatever. I think she's a little out of line. But I think there is trouble in paradise because last week we learned that Justin is not wearing his wedding ring to go to work. And uh, I really want to see because, like, you know, how Whitney, from what I learned, I learned that's like brand new gossip for me, might not be for you guys. She was dating Justin, Justin's younger brother when she was in college. And then she met Justin. So she met her at the time boyfriend's older brother that was rich and that was married and she had an affair with him and then <laughs> she left her current boyfriend at the time which was husky justin's younger brother and she got with justin i don't know what the point was that i was trying to make let me Okay, so the point that I was trying to make is, Whitney, you chose that life, and now you can't go back and say, I don't want that life anymore. That's the life you chose. Anyway, uh, that's all. There is trouble in paradise for Justin and Whitney. Then we move, but they are very interesting, and I can't wait. I cannot wait to learn more about what's going on. Okay. So now we move on to Monica and Ever. They go snowmobiling. And last episode, Monica was at the party with Angie and she made a fool out of herself. And we were all like, oh my God. And her mom went and excused herself for her, her daughter's behavior. Monica's mom went to everyone at the party, Angie included, and said, I'm sorry for my daughter's behavior. And she was like berating Monica trying to tell her, Monica, you need to behave, you need to learn how to behave. And Monica was not having it. And she was like, mom, you don't know what's going, what's happening. Stay out of it. And everyone, almost everyone was like, Monica, you're out of line for talking to your mom like that. You are making a fool out of yourself. And um, your mom is right to tell you that to stop making a fool out of yourself. But in this episode, we actually like learn that monica's mom is a fucking narcissist and she was not a good mom at all but okay so in this scene monica tells ever that when she was 12 her mom sent her to live in pennsylvania with people that they had just met so that her mom could move to new york to start a job Throughout the whole episode, I was wondering what was that job that needed to be done in New York where you couldn't take your kid and you had to leave them with some randos in Pennsylvania. We never learned, but we learned that first of all. So I was like, we're like, oh, okay. So Monica's mom is not all that, right? She's not all that. And then there is another scene with Ever, Whitney, Monica, and Meredith, and they are cross-country skiing, and then they pull out some uh, camping chairs in the parking lot. And we see that uh, Monica has another car. So Whitney is like, oh my God, you have a new car. What's up? And we learned that. We learned that Monica's mom, it, Monica is driving a rental right now. And we learned that Monica has bad credit, which we all knew because we knew. And she's selling like swaddles on Facebook market. So yeah, she has that. <laughs> Monica had 
to put her car and almost everything she owns in her mom's name because her mom has good credit and she doesn't have. So after Angie's party, her mom called her and her mom said, you gotta give me the car or else I'm gonna call the police and said and say you stole that car. So she had to give her car to her mother. Mind you, Monica has four children and she has a baby. Like one of those four children is a baby. And her mom is like, you better run me that car. Every time they're mad, she's like, you better run me the car or I'm going to call the police and say you stole it. So they're like, okay. So hmm, Monica's mom is kind of abusive, you know? She is a terrible mother. Who does that? So your kid is paying for that car. She's paying for that car's note. And you are using her bad credit against her to manipulate her and to keep her under control because that's her way of punishing Monica. So Monica compares her mom to Ted Bundy. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. And then we have the final scene, which is the final scene of the season, which is the final scene in Monica's storyline right now. So Monica goes to dinner with her mom to explain herself. So we see Monica pulling out in another car. So she's no longer renting that Range Rover, but I guess she, did, she still hadn't had her Range Rover back. So she's going there to get her Range Rover back. And Monica, Monica arrives, and as soon as her mom, as Monica's mom sees Monica entering the diner, she starts sobbing, crying at the table. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sad. Look at what you're doing to me, my daughter. So Monica sits, and she doesn't, you know, she knows. You can tell that, that the mom, what she did at that dinner is what she does all the time. It's the cycle of abuse that Monica is under at all time i can't believe so when she when she's her mom finishes crying and patting her high she's like she says to her i watched a movie yesterday about a croat woman whose mom died and they still hadn't like put their beef to sleep i don't know what she said yeah, she said, she told, she says like, yeah, I saw a movie yesterday and it broke my heart and it reminded us of you, it reminded me of us and I don't want that to happen to us. I don't want to die and my daughter to still be mad at me. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go on the guilt trip. Here we go on the manipulation. So Monica does not react to that. She knows her mom. She knows her mom. And so then her mom is like, oh my God. This gave me a headache. I need an aspirin. And she starts rummaging through her bag crazily, trying to look for a fucking aspirin. This is narcissist behavior 101. Her mom is trying to manipulate her. She's trying to turn the situation. She knows that she acted badly. So she's like, okay, I'm going to cry. The cry didn't work. I'm going to try to, when I die, you'll regret what you did to me. That doesn't work. Then she's like, oh my God, I can't have that conversation. I am, I have a headache and I need you to give me a headache, my daughter. 
I don't know what she was expecting when she didn't find that uh, aspirin. Did she thought that uh, Monica was gonna be like, okay, let's go to a shopper's drug mark and uh, we're gonna keep that. Com- we're gonna have that conversation later. No, Monica was there to. She came on the show to hold her mom accountable because I'm high hope that when her mom sees how she acts on the show, that I don't know, she's gonna realize. I can't do that to my daughter, but I think they know. I think the mom knows that she's toxic, but I think that they are, but she thinks that they are both toxic. She's like, we need to go to therapy. We need help. We won't be able to solve our problems on our own, which is already a great step. You know, recognizing that you need help is okay. But is she actually recognizing that they need help, that she needs help the mom? Because Monica is not perfect, but Monica is like, mom, I know where this came from. You abandoned me when I was a kid and that broke my heart. And her mom is like, I don't regret it. I didn't do anything wrong. Ever, I did everything I could because from, you know, I did all I could based on what cards life had given to me, which is okay. What's done is done. But acknowledging that what you've done is wrong is Great, I'm sure that Monica would love that very much. And also, I was like, oh my god, Monica, I love her, but the way she acted with Angie at Angie's house was very, it, it reminded me of how her mom acted with her right now at the party. You know, they are both, Monica is replicating her mom's behavior when she's fighting with other people because the way her mom used all her theatrics on her at that dinner is the way and it's the way monica used all of her theatrics on angie at that dinner and like monica and like uh, lisa barlow says next week an abusive person can be an abuser okay i can't wait to see what goes on but monica is a great addition of housewife her mom very funny her dynamic with her mom is very triggering but also oh my god that scene i had to rewatch it two times i was laughing this is tv gold oh my god i need to look for an aspirin and my daughter and aren't you gonna eat aren't you gonna eat and they were yelling at that restaurant no okay monica's mom called monica a motherfucker (laughs) she called her daughter a motherfucker those people are so toxic i loved it i loved it another scene that was very very funny was whitney and mary at lunch first of all the waitress dropped some sauce on mary's plate and her reaction was hilarious and i think that's when everything went down here mary was like oh my god why wouldn't that waitress Drop the sauce on Whitney. Why did it have to be me? And so Mary was like, okay, I'm done with that dinner. The universe is telling me I should not stay there. God, I've heard. <laughs> I've seen your sign, God. You know that sauce? That sauce going on Mary was the sign of God that she needed to leave that dinner. And so then Whitney is like, okay, I'm sorry I said some bad thing. About- she said some. She doesn't say what she said. Some bad thing about you, but you sent me those text messages telling me how you didn't need plastic surgery and I was ugly and you were better than me and that broke my heart. Mary's like, okay, that's not, well, no, 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 you're calling me a fucking predator in public. 
Why do you think that me sending you private text is equivalent to you calling me a fucking predator, me and my husband? You call me a grandpa fucker, <laughs> which Mary is. But I see Mary's point. People are like, yeah, Mary's rude. Mary doesn't want to be around those women. Yeah, would you want to be around women that calls you a fucking predator? Whitney should have said, Mary, I am so sorry I called you a predator. And I want you to know, I don't believe that. She should have said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And look, I want to be friends with you. But those text messages you sent me hurt me. But no, Whitney was like, are you going to say sorry for sending me those text messages? Like, 0.2 seconds after saying sorry for saying some bad things. No, first of all, use your world. Use your words. And... um yeah, I don't know. Whitney is going wrong. She is a bubblehead, just like Mary said. I think Mary's the Mary's hilarious. I don't want her to get to go anywhere else. I'm very happy she's back on the on the Real Housewives. She was so cringy on that watch what happened live with Z-Way when Z-Way brought her the filet of fish and Mary was like, What the fuck do you think? Do you think like Z-Way was not funny. Like, to be honest, Z-Way was unfunny. Z-Way is not funny. She's not. She's just passive-aggressive. But you can't be passive-aggressive with Mary. Mary's the queen of passive-aggressiveness, okay? Thank you. So that's all I had to say about Salt Lake City. You know, we could have talked about uh, the fact that uh, Jack is going to Colombia. And, uh, oh, okay, and Lisa was very, very racist bears she was like oh my god he's gonna need more money and he's gonna be held at gunpoint because he's white uh, okay lisa be careful they just fired ramona you might be next you need to be careful with what you're saying but yeah that was it for we also are salt lake city and i'm gonna take a break and i'll be back for beverly hills okay so beverly hills it's episode two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13. Only season 13, I can't believe it. So, Dorit, it's, the episode starts with Dorit and Erica going to a picnic. The picnic decoration looks beautiful because um, Dorit um, wanted to have a conversation with Erica about the fact that Erica on the BravoCon panel had said that the next couple that is most likely to get separated is Dorit and DK and Dorit did not like that and she says to Erica that usually she would not have cared but this time she cared because um uh, because her and PK was going through a roof phase this has she has a lot of PTSD and the home invasion had a bigger impact on her and then she tells us a story that I'm gonna you guys tell me if you think this is true or not she said that for christmas last year she went to the bank and she withdrew 10k ten thousand dollars she withdrew ten thousand dollars and then she put it in her bag okay and then she went to target <laughs> and she put her bag in the little trolley okay and then when she had went to pay at the cash register the bag was stolen 
So me, I like first of all Dorit. The story seems fishy. One, because Dorit, why don't you use your credit card? Why do you need to do ten thousands dollars and then go Christmas shopping? Just use your credit card, baby girl. If you can withdraw ten thousand dollars, your credit card is limit is way over ten thousand dollars. So first of all, that sounds fishy to me. Second of all, guys, I never had more than a hundred dollars. And I say a hundred dollars, I never have more than twenty liquid dollars in my bag. And when I go grocery shopping, I know that I should never leave my bag in the trolley unattended. So you're telling me that this young man had a Dior, a Chanel, uh, even a Birkin bag. And first of all, just that, with all the money in, she left it in the trolley unattended. Okay, we live in Beverly, they live in Beverly Hills, but still, still. Isn't it one of the cities with the most like uh, wealth uh, disparities? Okay, don't do that. First of all, Dorit cancelled. Second of all, Dorit. So then you have your already expensive bag ranging between two and ten dollars, two k and eight k, the price of the bag. And you're telling me you put ten k in that bag and you left it unattended, and you did not realize. And then she's like, yeah, and then I called the police, and they said that when they reviewed the camera footage, they saw two men that were following me, and they're the ones who stole the bag. Dorit, I don't believe in that story. How can she have so many bad things happen to her in such a short period of time? She had not one, but two home invasion. She was held at gunpoint, she said. <laughs> and I should not lie. I'm starting to think that they're all lying. Is it an insurance scam? What is going on? So she was held at gunpoint two times in a home invasion. And then she was targeted and people followed her to the bank and followed her to Target. And they stole her bag because she is the it cancel. I don't know. I don't believe it. Something is fishy in that. We're going to talk about it next week if we have more information. But let me tell you. I think something is wrong with Pity and Dorit, and I think that they are insurance scammers. Okay? Okay. Um, then we have a boring scene with Sutton and the Marshmaker, a boring scene with Crystal and her brother. Okay. And then we have Dorit and Kyle in the car. And uh, Dorit asks Kyle, if, are they okay? If, is everything okay in their marriage? Because... Dorit and uh, Piki and Kyle and Mariso used to hang out a lot as a married couple, you know, as couple friends. And since they last stopped filming the reunion last year, they haven't hang out that much to each other. Every time she logs on social media, Kyle is on a private jet with her girlfriend and she's no longer with Mauricio and her family all the time. And Kyle said that it's because she needed um, freedom. And we know that uh, they are well. They are separated. They're getting a divorce. Kyle and Mauricio. Uh, there is rumors that Kyle is cheating on Mauricio with that woman, Morgan Weed, that she she stalked a country singer, and now uh, she's paying for a career to be involved in her life. You know. So I guess they're starting to set the context of that. And then it's so, something so weird happens, like Kyle is having a party at her house for um, Portia's 
birthday, Portia, who is no longer a baby, Portia is a beautiful grown woman, she looks amazing. So she's having a party at, at her house, and Carl's mother-in-law, so Mauricio's mom, comes up to Kyle and she's like, I've heard so many rumors about you and Mauricio having trouble, and usually I don't believe in it, but I had to ask what's going on. And Kyle's like, oh my god, I can't believe my mother-in-law is asking me that at my daughter's birthday party. I don't want to talk about it. But she just brushes it off and she's like, nothing is wrong, you know. I just didn't put my ring one day and uh, the paparazzi went crazy. Okay. And then Mauricio tries to throw Kyle under the bus in front of her, his mother. And he's like, mom, have you seen Kyle's new tattoo? So Carol is like, Marisha, why are you doing that? And so Carol goes to her mother-in-law and she says, Oh, um, it says I have tattoos, I do, but have you seen your son's tattoo? And the mom really know. And Marisha gets pissed and he gets mad and it's very awkward. All the invites, all the people invited at that party can feel the tension between Carol and Marisha. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very sad. You know, guys, I'm very sad to see that it is actually not that the rumors about Carl and Mauricio being separated, which are not rumors. I need to stop calling them rumors. Mauricio and Carl are separated, but I thought it was just for the show. But it turns out that Carl is now like, fuck off. I am tired of pretending that my life is perfect. I'm trying to pretend that I'm happy in my marriage. My husband and I don't even spend time together. We have to have meetings about our schedule to schedule being able to see each other. We have to be in each other's calendar to spend time with each other. I had to go through some rough patch protecting my sister. And I'm done. Cal is just going. She's, she's just liberating herself. And Cal is no longer pretending that there is, that there are, our happy family and it actually makes me sad it makes me sad they were a great couple i was like oh my god they live their life free he can do whatever he wants she can do whatever they want but if they come back together at the end of the day and they're still together i guess they're no longer separated and uh, i think it's very sad i i, I don't believe i thought it was a scandal you know i thought they were trying to they were doing it for the show but seeing that it is actually true is devastating, quote unquote devastating. And another marriage, like I said, Piki and Doris in the beginning of this, Piki and Doris have, I don't know, um, <laughs> Piki prepared a pretty woman surprise for Doris. So like he brought dresses, he reserved a room in a hotel room that's a pretty woman. I, you know, guys, I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of the, the hotel. I've watched Pretty Woman once and I found it very boring. So, you know, they does that for her and uh, he gets her dresses and she doesn't like the dresses and then they go to dinner and she's like, PK, I'm really appreciative of what you're doing, but uh, I don't like it. I didn't like the dress. It was not this. It was not that. She keeps, you know, he made a surprise for her and he's like and she's like i don't like that don't ever do that to me so piki gets mad and frustrated 
and he's like, I ain't gonna do anything for you guys because for you anymore because you are so controlling that you don't let me have creative control over your birthday. It's my surprise. You need to stop being controlling and you need to start letting me just surprise you and be happy. Be content with what I give you. Like stop trying to be a control freak. And she doesn't stop. So I don't know. Picky and Dorit are gonna be next on the divorce line. Kyle and Mauricio already are separated. You know, I don't know. I um <laughs> we'll see how it involves, how it unfolds. But yeah guys, that's all I have for this uh, week regarding Beverly Hills. And I won't talk about Southern Charm because this is my return and nothing really happened on Southern Charm this week, you know. This is a continuation of uh, the Olivia Taylor Austin drama. Nothing new happened, so I'll talk about Southern Charm next week. For my uh, coming back episode, I think that uh, 40 minutes of me talking to you guys is enough. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like it, please give it a 5 star on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please like my Instagram post and follow me on Twitter at, at RealityHallPod. And follow me on Instagram at, at RealityHallPodcast. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Bye.